Oh, it tells me recording progress. That must be a new thing. So we're recording and we're on Facebook right. Live. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Always some kind of new update. So, so, Another so. Update. Welcome, everybody. So glad you can join us for tonight's panel, answering your well-being questions. Our wonderful well-being business members are eager to, eager to help you create your best life. So the first question we're going to go around and ask everybody is, what do you do personally for your own personal care? So let's we'll start with Keila. What do you do for your personal care? Yeah. So do you mean personal care in like self-care in that realm? Yes. yes. So recently, as of late, I've come to the awareness that how I start my day sets up my entire, like what I stand for in the end of the day. So I usually wake up with um, just try to um, evoke a sense of gratitude. And I immediately have an altar set up as I'm a shamanic practitioner and I come down and it's really about addressing how I'm feeling in the moment and trying not to be attached to it. So really just starting the day off with compassion of self. If I need to move my body, that's usually a really big thing for me. I'll try to do a little bit of yoga. And then I'm also really trying to be aware of what I put in my body these days. And so I'm trying to have healthy smoothies, which get really boring after a while, but I'm doing my very best and I'm taking my vitamins. This has been the biggest thing for me. I have a really good diet, but I feel like I don't stay up on my diet, like my vitamins. I'm not sure if anyone else feels that it's hard to be consistent. So that for me has been really strong self-care as of late and I felt better. So it's working. Oh, good. That's good. I, I probably should have started off with introductions. So uh, excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, so. <laughs> That was Akila Serene O's talking as she owns Serene Spirit Healing and Retreat Center. Akila is a shamanic energy practitioner, a meditation teacher, and owner of Serene Spirit Healing and Retreat Center. Akila specializes in helping people process trauma experiences and thus break through limiting blocks, shifting them towards an on-purpose, fulfilling, and meaningful lives. Kila is passionate about mindfulness and mind management as an avenue for awareness, deeper understanding of oneself, and personal transformation. Kila resides in West Kelowna with her husband, small zoo, and ridiculously <laughs> large collection of plants. <laughs> Welcome, Kila. Thanks, Shana. And we also have uh, uh, Carla Van Voorst. Uh, and she has been practicing energy work since 1995 when her husband was sick and the medical system could not do anything for him. She got hooked on working with energy and took courses in Reiki, uh, pranic healing and crystal healing. She has also been interested in natural and alternative health care. So when she was introduced to Body Talk in 2007, she was fascinated and amazed at what it could do. Today, Carla has been close to 40 body talk courses, including epigenetics, animal body talk, and parama one and two. And we also have Danea. Danea is incredibly passionate about her work. After spending a couple of decades in the service industry, she found herself in a hypnosis class to help her on her own personal path of wellness. She felt an undeniable calling to hypnotherapy and has since been professionally trained as a hypnotherapist, a master NLP practitioner, along with other energy medicine modalities. She utilizes all of her personal professional attitude, 
help attributes, sorry, to provide a safe, comfortable space that encourages and supports people as they naturally let go of emotional bondage and heal from childhood trauma, PTSD, anxiety, low self-esteem, and many other concerns. These two incredibly talented women met nearly seven years ago and became fast friends. They accidentally discovered how effective combining their talents and using them together greatly increases the client's results because every aspect is addressed, body, mind, and soul, creating a truly holistic experience. Welcome, Carla and Denea. Thank you. Thank so glad you guys could be here. Yeah. Hey, so we'll, we'll go back to the personal care, what you do for yourself. So right. Carla, what do you do for personal care? I meditate quite a bit. Um, I eat well, I think. I hope I eat well. <laughs> <laughs> so what does what is med meditate quite a bit? Do you do it like several times through the day? Or is oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Sometimes when I'm looking for answers, I need to meditate to listen to for the answers. Mm. from my guide so yeah meditation all day long basically you you finally you learn to be in meditation constantly or should i say communication with whoever is listening on the other side <laughs> something something along those lines that's awesome i love it i know uh, at a recent talk you were talking about when you're breathing in and out and going side to side releasing so I, emotions yes and yes. stress and all that so i, Wonderful do, I meditate we well and that, that was a gift you gave me thank you very much i love that you're welcome <laughs> and Danea, what do you do for personal care uh i love to journal and i love to be outside in nature i try every day to get outside and just kind of oh, get back into back into that frequency of, of mother nature. And for me, that's my form of meditation is the journaling and the meditation. Uh, I'm working on incorporating a yoga practice every day. I find that the yoga is just, it's a beautiful way to move my body and release stored stuff as well. So those are the things I do regularly for self-care. Awesome. So, so I have a series of questions that are topics I'll be giving to you guys through this hour presentation. Uh, so this is like topics that uh, people have brought up on different social media platforms, or I've heard in different groups, or I've kind of, I've come across. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing how you guys respond. So we will we'll start with Keila. But Keila, um, please tell us about the blue band around your forehead there. <laughs> I'm aiming for the karate kid status. No. Um, <laughs> so I recently initiated into my fourth year of uh, Zulu shamanic training. I am seven generations back. I have on my maternal side, um, black South African, part of the Zulu tradition. And so I'm in my fourth year and in initiation this year, we were given traditional headbands. So uh, every time I do anything spiritual, I pray or meditate or I'm doing any sort of like land ceremony or any sort of ceremony at all or any spiritual work with clients, I have to wear the headband <laughs> for seven more months. So anytime you see me in a work scenario, if I'm not wearing it, 
Shauna, please remind me, it has to become a part of my spirit. It already feels like it has been. So that is what the headband is. Wow. Very it's nice. Neat. Let's, yeah. create, let's create awareness, heightened awareness. It does. It also, yeah, it, it does because you can feel it and it feels actually quite comforting. It's still pretty new. It's only been on about three weeks, but um, really it, it to me is also about creating ritual. So the mm -hmm. awareness that you have before you work or exchange energy with a client yeah. or you prepare to bring the client's energy in or their counsel, their spiritual counsel in, and you put it on with reverence. So there's a real feeling in this uh, year of training for me about the act of reverence and it starts with placing this on and reviewing the reasons why you're putting something on your body um, and being reverent in the whole process so it's been a, already an interesting experience wearing it wonderful okay so your first question is how should i deal with my loneliness this is my first question mm -hmm. mm. so loneliness I think it's first important to discern between if we are feeling lonely in the world or we are feeling lonely within ourselves. And also taking the time and having the space to create presence in our life that allows us to sit with that feeling and all the things that are tied to it. Taking a moment to acknowledge or be willing to get comfortable in the uncomfortable. And loneliness is one of those feelings that we, most people, not all, but most people are very happy to escape or turn away from to find something to fill that feeling with or to replace it. So my encouragement for people who, especially in this societal climate with our health and COVID is to really become familiar with the discomfort of loneliness and recognizing on a greater level and a higher sphere in perhaps from a spiritual perspective that our loneliness is trying to teach us something, is trying to teach us about the places that are being reflected in our lives that are making us feel lonely, that we're being asked to turn inwards to try to fill those places in the inner to inner communication rather than fill them with experiences or habits in the inner to outer world through technology or distraction or food or sex or whatever it is that you know humans have crutches and without judgment but bringing awareness to those parts of ourselves that feel lonely that we can become responsible for getting to know and getting to work with as teachers so that underlying the sense of loneliness, we can also track where the feeling is coming up in our body, if there are any memories attached to it. And perhaps if we're storing energy underneath that umbrella of loneliness, that could be served by turning towards it without fear. Well, what a wonderful answer. I'll definitely mm -hmm. view loneliness different when somebody talks about <laughs> it. That's great. Thank you so much. Carla, uh, your question is, I have very low energy and tired all the time. What can I do? Ah, that's where meditation comes in. Um, the best way to gain more energy is to adapt a clean diet, drink lots of water, and physical exercises, walking. It doesn't cost anything 
And that's pretty well everything we were able to do this last year. So that's, I do that a lot. Walking, do get yourself lost in a hobby, for example. And you may say, well, I don't have the energy for it. But if you have a passion, the energy will come. For me, it's, it's gardening, for example. I love to go in my garden, growing vegetables right now. And embroidery, I just love it. And exercise, of course, is the best way to regain your energy level back. If there is a cause for your loss of energy, then determine what the cause is and find some help to deal with that. Most people who are always tired have some sort of low self-esteem or depression, we know from experience. So find some help for yourself to, to, to deal with whatever is causing your low energy. Thank you. That's great. Yeah, I love walking, walking every morning with my dog. We walk every day. Yes. It's the best. Sometimes you're like, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. But I'm just, I love it when I do it. And it's just great to be outside and, and uh, in the fresh air and hearing the birds. Absolutely. And... Deep breathing. Mm. It's lovely to be in, in, in modern nature, right? Awesome. And that gives you lots of energy, doesn't it? It does. I sleep better. I feel better. Exactly. Love of it. course, working out in the gym is also good, but we haven't been able to do that this year. So walk, go outside in Mother Nature, hug a tree, <laughs> talk to the tree. They tell you stories. I know. Every time we go to Hawaii or Mexico, I hug a palm tree every day. I just, oh, yes. I just appreciate, this. <laughs> appreciate them so much. And I have to say during this time of COVID, I've never seen so many people outdoors walking, biking, oh. like families Drums. and stuff. Them. Yes. yes. Yeah. Never saw that that's that's that all we could do. Yeah. So it was a gift in some ways. <laughs> yeah. And in some way, it got people to come out of their houses mm -hmm. because you, you can only be in your house, but with your family so long and you just have to get out. And then you're seeing things like they can't keep kayaks and, and bikes and all these wonderful <laughs> things in stock, right? They're just going flying off the shelves because everybody's. Yeah being active and outside so absolutely yay hopefully hopefully that stays forever <laughs> what's happening yes. uh, Danae here's your question no matter what I do I just can't find a way to experience joy in my life or work or build the right types of relationships that will bring me joy what can I do oh that's a big question um many many different ways to answer that uh, the first thing would be, you know, to, to follow the advice of, of Carla is to get outside, you know, get outside, take a few deep breaths. One of the things that I like to coach people to do is, you know, take your right hand and place it on your heart. Just hold your heart, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths and draw your attention to your heart and sit with it for a moment. And sometimes, especially if there is a lack of joy, there may be uncomfortable emotions that come up and that just simply means that they're stuck in there. And so by allowing them to move, you then create space for joy. You know, maybe something, maybe your heart is sad about something. Maybe it's, it's full. So to take a few deep breaths and draw your awareness into your heart and honor it, 
ask it, what do you need? Even for people who've never done that before, your body is always talking to you. It will always listen if you give it an opportunity to. So just take that moment, close your eyes, connect. What do you need? How can I find joy? And let it, let it tell you what the best way for that is. Uh, of course, or you can always find a modality to, to help you find joy. That's uh, something that, that hypnosis has really helped me lean into more is more joy. And I did that by, by uh, creating a space to let me let go of all the other stories that I have been telling myself, all of the, all of the stored emotion from trauma and past and, and all of that. As I let that go, joy came in because that's our natural state is joy. So there's lots of different things, getting outside, deep breathing, taking that few minutes every day to just connect with you and tune into you, right? What brings each of us joy is, is as individual as we are. But it's all the same practices to get there. So that's just a couple little things you can do to find joy. I love that. Our natural state is joy. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that because it kind of makes you almost think about little kids, right? They're so joyful. And then we kind of, we kind of unfortunately dampen that as uh, they grow up and stuff and, you know, sit still, don't, don't be fidgety and listen and behave. And then they kind of lose that joy somewhat and stuff that they did when they were free and young. Thank you. I believe when we're not in joy, we're out of alignment. So if you find yourself not in joy, even just asking yourself those questions every every morning and every night as you fall asleep, you can retrain your brain to come back to that. How can I find joy today? How what can I do to to move back into alignment and to retrain your brain like that? You'll automatically it will automatically guide you to what brings you joy. I love that. It's kind of like what Kila was saying. She starts her morning with right is like, what's your purpose for the day? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Uh, so Keila, can I use meditation for body positivity? So are we talking about body positivity as in body image or relationship to body? Yeah, feeling good about your body. I think this whole panel is on the same page in that meditation <laughs> has solved a lot of our problems. <laughs> or not problems, but it has helped us transcend many of the things that we've experienced um i can feel that it's palpable in everybody um so the answer to that would be yes and the reason is because and this can be used in sort of a generalized umbrella statement not with just sort of body positivity but also reframing of anything that isn't serving you that is holding you in this sort of stuck state or resistant state And that is meditation encourages us to sit with only ourselves and it teaches us to become, well, it's taught me, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but it's taught me to look deeper, to understand who I am, where Mm -hmm. I'm at in this exact moment, what has come to pass to bring me into this current awareness and most importantly, to be okay being here. Mm. It forces us by turning to the moment, by turning to our shadow, by also, as we turn to the shadow, equally embracing our light, 
it forces us to take accountability and responsibility for our lives through awareness and through understanding of who we are and what we stand for. So it can be used as a tool to, for, I mean, a plethora of things, but it really provides us with space to clear energy and replace it, like upgrading your phone, replace it with new patterns of awareness and new relationships to self. The practice itself, I mean, there's a million different ways to meditate. And I, I invite anyone who is learning to meditate, if you've started or you've tried and you think, oh, meditation's just not for me, there's a possibility that that's not your style of meditation. But I encourage you to try again because anything that you want to dive into in a deeper way and deeper understanding will become available to you. Um, as Carla had said, it's an opportunity for you to access higher wisdom aspects of yourself. So when you sit in meditation, you're accessing parts of yourself that are non-human, meaning non-programmed by society, your environment, your family, your schooling, the news. There are these opportunities to draw in a higher wisdom that is only available to us when we open ourselves to it. And that also will remind us in the instance of body positivity, if we allow it, we give ourselves time to not manage the mind, but work with the mind and the quality of our thoughts, we will also gain access to the beauty of who we are, to the acceptance of the physical body that we have, and recognizing that when you sit in those moments in meditation, the truth comes through, which is we always have choice. We have choice in how we see things, we have choice in how we perceive, and we have choice in how we respond. And once we can get to that place, we can choose more healthy thoughts, more healthy ways of reality that will really enhance the quality of our lives. Awesome, thank you. Yes, I know choice is a big thing you talk about. And uh, thanks for the reminder too. We do have lots of choices. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't feel like we have choice. So I'm not saying that we choose illness. I'm not saying that we choose abuse. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying at the end of the day, the only thing we have is our choice to respond to what's happened to us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that discrepancy is important. Yes, very, very critical for sure. So Carla, how do I be more grateful? I muted myself, sorry. <laughs> Look around you and see what you have. We have a roof over our head. We have food to eat. We have clothes on our body. We can, within the limits, of course, pretty well do whatever we enjoy doing, go where we want to go, talk to whoever we want to talk to. And now everybody has a cell phone and a computer. You can talk to the whole world. That wasn't possible 30 years ago. And I think these are fantastic methods of connecting to the rest of the world. You can see what's happening and be thankful for that. So many countries cannot do this. So many people try to escape from where they are and escape to Europe and the US and Canada for looking for a better life. You know how hard that must be for a family 
to do that? I cannot even imagine. And so there is so much to be thankful for in this country, in this life, in the way we are here in Kelowna. I can write down a thousand things to be thankful for. And sometimes people, because of something that happened in their life, they lose that, that view, that vision of what they have. Ultimately, we all have dramas and things happening that we really don't like, but we have so much more than a lot of people in this world. That, that is very true. I remember a TV show came on Netflix about cleaning your home. I can't remember what it was called. It was cleaning spaces and stuff. And the, the gal that would come in with her assistant stuff would meet with the family and stuff. And one of the very first things that she would have them do is sit on the floor and thank the roof that, that that's over their head and their home. And it's like, we don't stop to think about it and be, no. you know, thank you. Thank you no. for, you know, giving me shelter and, and taking yeah. care of so I'd Absolutely. like you to start off with that, with uh, we got a roof, got food in our, in our tummy and stuff, because we forget. We are taken care of. And I like the, like the list, like look the around, list. yeah, create a list and stuff. Look and around you. It's just fabulous. Yeah. I'm sure Danea uses that in her journal sometimes, writing down what you're, what she's grateful for too and stuff. So that's wonderful. Start and end my day in gratitude. Sure. I do yeah. that on my walk. I have kind of a little series of things. I what I say thankful for and stuff like that too. And and because uh, it's too easy to kind of get caught up in the drama, like you said. So yeah, yeah. Thank you. You uh, get lose of the bigger picture, right? Oh, so lose. true. Yeah, so true. And that unfortunately, our culture is kind of sets that up too, right? Like poor me, poor oh. me. I I have never seen a a newscast where they list all the beautiful things that have happened in the world today. All you hear is the negativity. It sells for some reason. So yeah, I, I, sure I, I, don't, I don't watch the news unless I like something's really drastic happening that I want to kind of keep an eye on things, but yeah. I don't even watch TV anymore because it's, it's too traumatic. It is. It is. Absolutely. So Denea, my husband passed away six months ago, I am in just utter grief. And I can't seem to get a grip on myself. I have family looking to me, everybody offering me help, but I'm just drowning in grief. What what could I what can I do? Uh, so six months ago, um, the first thing that pops into my head is feel it, you know, feel it. Grief is is love that has no place to go. And, and when all of a sudden you're faced with this immense loss, everybody wants to, to make you feel better, right? And sit with it, just sit with it and let it move through you. If we look at emotion, the very meaning of the word is it's emotion, it's energy in motion. And to allow it space to move through you and then move away, that grief will eventually I don't think it ever goes away. I think it just changes and perhaps come becomes less, you know, just becomes less and less. Uh, meditation, again, you can go into meditation and you can actually talk to the person who's left you. You know, my mom passed away about six years ago 
and I'll go into meditation and I talk to my mom quite regularly, you know, and it, for me, it helped take that edge off. Uh, but six months in, I would say, allow yourself to feel it, you know, find somebody that you can talk to somebody that you feel safe with that can create a space where they just let you let that person move through it in whatever way is right for them. You know, when my mom lost her husband, she would go through phases where she would, uh, wail, like just at the top of her lungs, she just had to get it out and, and it moved, right? When we let that energy move through us, we feel better when it's, when it's not there anymore. You ever feel good after a good cry? You've released something, you've let something go. You know, our body releases things through laughter or tears. And there's a really fine line in between those two. So if you are grieving the loss of somebody, grieve, cry, feel whatever it is you need to feel and allow it to move through you so that you can move through that grieving process. We're supposed to grieve. That's a part of, that's a part of love, really, you know, you grieve what you miss. So that would be my advice. And again, you know, if, if it carries on for a long period of time, connect with somebody, find somebody to talk to, somebody that you feel safe with. It could be a counselor. It could be, you know, any one of us on this panel. It could be anybody that you feel safe with that will allow you to, to experience grief in the way that is right for you. I love that. Giving permission to feel grief. Cause I think you're right. I think so many people just say, it's okay. It's okay. You know, you just almost try to talk into dumping it down and, and just let go, get over it, get over it kind of thing. So that's great permission. It's, and it's, it's healthy to do that. Absolutely. All emotions are meant to be felt. There's no good or bad. They're just there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like your mom. I'm a whaler. <laughs> Didn't know that it was the case. My dad, when we flew to Toronto to see my dad, when he was doing really poorly and he passed by the time I got there, I, the three of us got there wailing. Don't know why, but just wailing. And then when we lost our dog last year, wailing, my daughter was like, what are you doing, mom? And this is almost like you can't control it and stuff, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Just let it move, right. Let it move through you. So often we, when we don't want to, when it hurts because grief hurts, right? It hurts, it hurts your heart. We close our heart and that emotion is still in there and it's pushing and it's pushing and it's pushing and it's pushing. And then the next wave of emotion will come. And if it doesn't, if it can't move, it just keeps pushing. And, and it's been my experience quite often. That's where depression comes in mm. is because you have all of these emotions that are locked in your closed heart and they have nowhere to go. And they just keep stacking and stacking and stacking. Oh, that's that's important absolutely thank you so much uh keila what is uh i'm going to say this wrong shaman shamanism 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 am i close at all yeah shamanism. <laughs> some people say shaman or some people say shaman um i'm not i'll clarify i'm a shamanic practitioner i am not a shaman my initiation to the traditional methods like in south africa was supposed to be in 2020 of March. And then of course COVID hit. So I didn't actually initiate. I was supposed to be there a month in a remote village doing my initiation, but it will, when the time is right, it will come. So your question uh, was what was, what is shamanism? Well, um, there's many ways to answer this. I think in current society, people think that shamans live in jungles and chant 
and take medicinal things to help them transcend their spiritual lives. Uh, for me, there are a few dimensions and I'll go into those. Um, there's many lineages and they're considered to be one of the oldest, most traditional ways of walking upon the earth in balance. So it means understanding that we are not here on the earth, that we are the earth, that we are inextricably linked from nature and water and the sun and the moon and all the energies that uh, make up this human experience. It's remembering to take only what you need. And the traditional forms of shamanism are about being able to travel to various sort of dimensional areas and retrieve information. That's kind of the more traditional explanation. We can do uh, energetic healings through dimensional travel. Most of the shamanic work that I do isn't done at this level of consciousness. It's done at a greater level of consciousness. Um, as of late, I've been crossing over a lot of animals that are in front of me recently um, hit on the road. I don't know what's happening with that right now or what kind of shift I'm being called to do, but, you know, passing people over, um, I am able to work shamanically and energetically and connecting with the planet in different ways to allow energies to be uh, brought up to the forefront and understood from a higher perspective and gaining information from those perspectives and bringing them in. So it's about this way of remembering how to live respectfully upon the planet, how to understand relationship with all beings from a higher place, meaning back in balance and allowing us to reconnect to the planet and to nature in a way that teaches us how to be humble, uh, how to remember that we are all one. It's not just a trite thing. We are all made of the same thing, having an individual experience, but your experience or the experience of a bear or the experience of a tree or the fly that's on the wall, all those are equally important in respecting their own experience. And so shamanism fosters how to remember that and also how to heal by remembering those deeper places of belonging and connection to things that typically in modern society we're taught aren't important, aren't real, and are to be replaced by science. And so I feel like I'm a little bit of an intermediary. I feel like I have one foot in science. I'm married to an engineer <laughs> and I have one foot in the spiritual world and it, he grounds me. So he reminds me that science is important, of course, but in my work, it's also only barely half the picture. It's this greater awareness and fine tuning of your own physical body and spirit to remember what is real and important in living a balanced life. I love that. That's wonderful. It takes everything into consideration, the whole planet and respect. And I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It's wonderful. Um, Carla, I, I run across this, I, I'm a financial planner and I run across this all the time, this challenge with people. And the question is, I don't fulfill, I don't feel fulfilled in what I'm doing, but I don't think I have a choice about what to do about it. I hear this all the time with people feeling trapped in the careers that they're in and that, and because of finances and family obligations and whatever, uh, or lack of choices or don't know what to do. 
they feel very trapped. It makes me very sad <laughs> in my heart when I hear that because it's such, such, such a struggle. Do you have some words of advice for people that are caught in that kind of situation? That is a tough one. Especially if you have a family to support and you need to have a certain amount of income, which you do. But if you hate your job, how can you possibly be happy, right? So there is not much one can do except find a way to be thankful what you have. Okay, I need this. And the best way to do it is to find a way to enjoy your job, which might seem to be a challenge, but it is possible. And again, through meditation, if you go into meditation and if you have a person, for example, that you're in disagreement with or in disharmony with, in meditation, you can connect to that person on an energetic level. And if you talk to that person, you will get some sort of energy, some emotion or an answer back from them. But when you do that, see them as the soul they are having the same issues as you have, being stuck in this job. And by sending them love and acceptance, you will find when you go back to the job and, and deal with that person, the relationship is 10 times better. And, and as weird as it may seem, you can do the same with the type of work you do. Go into meditation, connect to the job that you are doing and ask, what can I do to make it more enjoyable for both of us to do this work? And you'll be amazed about the answers that come up. I've had some really fascinating aha moments with that. That's, that's, I don't know how awesome. else you can do that. Did you Besides to... quitting the job and yeah. find one that you like, which, as you say, sometimes you're just not able to do that without bringing great deal of, of trauma and, and unhappiness to the people that rely on you, right? Mm -hmm. Can you share one of your aha moments that you, you went through? One of my aha moments? <laughs> oh, geez. You know, it's been a while since I had a job that I didn't like because <laughs> I only work in places where I enjoy it. But you start seeing things in a different light. It's hard to explain. I cannot recall a specific aha moment that I've ever had. The, the working with people that you are in disharmony with, it's, it's very very, uh, what would I call it? Um, it's so much more peaceful and loving when you do that. No, that's a great suggestion. Energetically yeah. wise, think about those people that you're working with. Yeah. Send them love uh, outside and, and of- call them into your energy, you know, call them for it and ask, may I speak to you? Yes, awesome. And they will, on some level, they will. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing that, like I said, too, too many times I hear that uh, from people yeah. that are struggling for sure, that they feel, feel trapped. Send them to us, we'll help them. Okay, <laughs> absolutely, awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so Denea, can you demystify uh, the term hypnotherapy to us, for us? Oh, it, seems, it seems intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. I get asked that a lot. So hypnosis is the state that we go into and hypnosis is a natural state. We all go into hypnosis many, 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 many times throughout our day. Um, you know, daydreaming, daydreaming is a state of hypnosis. When you drive to work and you don't remember what traffic was like when you got there or coming home, that's also a hypnotic state. We can move into hypnosis, a hypnotic state of fear, watching the news, you know, you just, so it's, it's, you go into in and out of hypnosis when you fall asleep and when you wake up. So scientifically, it's when your brain wave drops. So you go from the waking state of beta down into alpha, down into theta, down into delta. And once you're lower, I mean, once you hit delta, you're sleeping. So hypnosis is a natural state that we go in and out of all the time. It's a focused state of relaxation. It's a way to, to access the subconscious mind, which is our operating system. And our subconscious mind is literal. It's just, it's literal. It, it, there's no other way to explain it. It's literal and it runs on feelings, right? So there's so much talk on this panel about gratitude. And I think, I think it's amazing. But if you're saying thank you for something and you're feeling dread about it, that's that that's that's counteractive it doesn't work you will get more things that you dread because your subconscious mind is going to respond to the emotion rather than just the thought or the words or whatever so doing something to change your state hypnosis is a great way to do that saying thank you seven times out loud alters your state it alters the state of mind you're in which is all hypnosis is so hypnosis is the state that you go into hypnotherapy is what you do when you're in that state, right? So I'm just a type of therapist who uses hypnosis to help somebody with whatever change it is that they wish to make, whether it be self-esteem, trauma, PTSD, changing habits, starting habits, whatever that may be. I use self-hypnosis a lot, right? So I'll put myself into a hypnotic state and um, trust that, you know, there's different ways to go about self-hypnosis, but I hope that answered the question. So hypnosis is the state, hypnotherapy is what you do when you're in the state. Awesome, yes. Is it similar to meditation where you kind of just kind of zoning out a bit or try try not to think? And <laughs> Yes and no. Hypnosis and meditation are kind of like siblings. They go hand in hand. Um, hypnosis is a little different in the sense that there are there is an induction and it's it's a focused state meditation quite often you're trying to lose the thoughts hypnotherapy is different in the sense that um, you're using it to to create a change so you can still create a change one example is is a guided meditation is really 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 similar to a direct suggestion in hypnosis mm-hmm. now that's another word that freaks people out is suggestions i'm going to give you suggestions ah well <laughs> I don't want to lose control, right? Lose control. You're actually in more control in a in a hypnosis in a hypnotic state in a state of hypnosis than you are when you turn on the television set, 
right? You will not do anything that is not in alignment with you. You just won't. It, you just you just won't. And suggestions, well, you know, we all have a thousand different suggestions every day, right? What am I going to eat? You open up your fridge and there's a multitude of suggestions in there and you choose one, right? You go shopping. What shirt am I going to buy? What, what, everything, everything, suggestion of choice, same thing. Mm, I like that. It's good food for thought. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, so Keila, uh, my wife is, seems to just trip on anger all the time. Like I love her. I try to be there for her. I've tried various things, but she's often angry and uh, it's, it's very hard environment to, to live in. I know I can only choose what, how I react, but I can't control how she reacts. But what, what do I do with an angry spouse? Hmm. Wow. I think, I think the starting point when witnessing anyone going through something is to find compassion and to start with compassion, recognizing that it is impossible to know what that person is experiencing at that time. What degree of frustration is being expressed is probably only a fraction of what they're actually feeling. And to recognize that underneath anger is pain. And underneath pain sometimes can be even more deeply embedded anger, which is rage. And the patterns of that can show up after many, many, many compensatory years of adjusting and compromising truth of self in order to thrive, support a family, maintain a career, go to school, whatever it is, and all the things that come into play with unmet needs. Often when our needs are unmet, we form resentment among other things. And it's a real gift to be able to provide someone with space holding and choose for our partner to not take it personally. I think the one thing that I could really suggest is whatever your wife is going through, it's not about you even if there are things that are coming up that are reflecting in conflict potentially, are people's expression of anger, it's often not about the person that angers us. It's often about the stories we hold around how we feel and how we may have been treated in the past that is pulling up some of these deep-seated beliefs. And so holding compassionate space by not taking anything personally is my number one suggestion, which can be hard because often projected anger creates this energetic response where we wanna shut down. It can often trigger our own experiences of anger or bring them back up to the forefront. So now you're not only dealing with what your spouse is going through, but then all of a sudden you're being triggered and experiencing your own mirroring of what is coming up from that reaction And it's really hard in those moments to maintain neutrality and recognize in the moment, this isn't about me, or even just ask yourself, what if in this moment with what my spouse is experiencing, it wasn't about me? What if in this moment to hold space, I can choose 
to believe that they're going through something that I can't fully understand. And I get to choose whether I take it personally or not. And if I don't feel I have to take it personally, then I can hold space in a completely different way. I'm making a choice to not make it about me, even though all the signs may seem like it's being projected at me. Try to open your perspective. It's not easy. It's really difficult to see somebody in pain who's angry and hold space in that different way. The other thing I think that's really important when it comes to holding space for someone or dealing with someone who's going through anything really emotionally is it's one of the foundations of the work that I do personally for myself and with my clients, which is for us to not make assumptions. Try not to assume we understand what's going on based on the reflection of our own experiences. If we can recognize that this person is hurting and we can't possibly understand, but we can honor it, it gives us the ability to stay anchored, to allow it to express itself without flowing into us and sticking. It can flow into us and it can also pass out of us if we choose not to make assumptions that it shall be attached or it has meaning that it may not have or building a story around it. So trying to remain neutral as you're witnessing it and then also compassionately reaching out to your spouse and saying, what can I do for you? I'm here and you are able, if this is how you feel, you are able to ask for help. How can I support you? I, I see that you're feeling this particular way. What do you need? And maybe it's nothing. Maybe they just need to yell and scream and get it out. And you know it, that can be really hard to take, but also maybe they'll say, just from that moment, they'll feel heard and seen. And that was perhaps the initial call in the first place. And that can soften the situation where the person who's struggling with your spouse can say, or even reflect, even if they don't answer right away, because sometimes we don't want to, <laughs> right? But we can go and reflect after and say, this is an opportunity, what do I need? Maybe my spouse, you would do this for me. Maybe I could ask for that. And then be willing to do or change certain things that would make the situation softer for them. So yeah, don't make assumptions. Take nothing personally, even if it's directed at you as being personal, the root cause is rarely you. And so um, holding space as best you can in that capacity and then letting your spouse know that you're there and that you're there to help and what do they need? They just simply have to ask. Lovely. That's really nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Carla, uh, I worry about death and getting older. See the white hair? I am old. <laughs> but very wise, I know. So. <laughs> well, the moment we are born, we know for a fact that one way day we are going to die. This is a fact of life. Then the way I see it, we simply go to sleep or we are asleep. When we go to sleep at night, we wake up in the morning as a refreshed, normally speaking anyway, a refreshed person with a new day. Well, when you die, you wake up in a different dimension without any of these third dimensional pains, aches, 
whatever it is that bothers you and you have a new life, spirit life, finding out who are you going to go next and what would you like to do next in a beautiful, unconditional love environment. And this is how I see it anyway. But does not bother me at all is growing old. Like, absolutely. Uh, people have asked me that. What would you do to be 30 years younger? And I say, I don't want to be 30 years younger. I am very happy where I am right now, right here at my age. The end is in sight and I can't wait. That is my attitude. <laughs> that's a that's a good attitude, <laughs> and I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. I want to. I like. I love where I am now. I wouldn't want to be thirty years uh, younger. No. no, and have to do this all over again. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. This is good. This is good. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Carla. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> Danea, I seem to run into issues with people that want me to do things like trying to control me and I really uh, fight against it. Can you please help? Uh, choose you first all the time, every time. It's not a practice that we're, we're usually taught. You know, we're taught to take care of everybody else first and, 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 and. And if people are trying to get you to do all kinds of things and you feel like you're trying to be controlled, where's your boundary? And not only set a boundary, but hold the boundary, right? You can set a boundary, right? Here's my, here's my line, but it's up to you to hold that line, so to speak, and choose you. You know, uh, one of the, the women that I love to listen to speak, her name is Lisa Nichols, and I listen to her talk about um, serving from an overflowing cup. She says, you know, I don't want to serve from a full cup. I want to serve from the saucer because serving from the saucer means my cup is full and it's overflowing. And that's where I want to serve from. So if you feel like you're being controlled or, you know, everybody's wanting you to do things, your cup is very empty and that's okay. It happens to all of us and boundaries are not an easy thing to learn. If you've never learned how to set them or if it's never been safe for you to set them. And I encourage people in that situation to view it as an opportunity to parent yourself the way maybe you never had the opportunity to be parented. How can you keep yourself safe? If this was a little girl or a little boy, would you let it happen? Or would you say, no, you can't do that? You know, no, you can't run out into the street. No, you can't, no, don't, you know, without always saying no, but just choose you every time. It's safe to choose you all the time, every time. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> Very enlightening for people that feel like they have to make peace and just go along with things, but don't no, choose you first. And, Easy to say, hard to do if you've never done it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Wow, you guys are awesome. 
what a fantastic night. This has been great. What, what Great wisdom all around. And uh, I think I'll definitely come back and listen to this from time to time. This is great. So um, I will definitely send, share information how to contact these wonderful people here. And when I post all these all over the place, but uh, Keila, do you want to share with people and what you do with like, what, how can people work with you? What kind of services do you provide? Hmm. So um, I work with a wide variety of people, but typically with people that have uh, unprocessed emotional experiences or trauma that is uh, still in the physical body uh, causing illness. So as an intuitive and a shamanic practitioner, I can read the field as I think probably all of us do. I know that Carla, you have extensive from what I've heard, extensive training in exactly this. So I've also been trained in Reiki and bioenergy healing and shamanic healing different than Carla, but the threads are all the same. Danea, you work in the same realms, but in the more mental sphere, but it's all, it's all interrelated. So um, I, I have a lot of people that think perhaps in some of their perceptions that they are stuck or are looking for clarity or direction in their life. And <clears throat> what I try to do is guide them back to their original blueprint, guide them back to the place that highlights their spirit and who they are who gives them permission in a space that feels safe to turn towards their trauma and turn towards the trapped emotions that are coming from that, that are moving around in the body, but have yet to be discharged and processed. And so I can work with intense mentorship in that realm where you work for a couple of months together and we focus really on transforming things, or I can work for uh, just a session here or there so that people can come in if they're dealing with pain or anxiety or grief or anything that is ready to be transmuted. Uh, we also do a practice in shamanic practice training in, in this work where you do something called a soul retrieval. So if we're children that have had a really traumatic experience, and of course, as a child, especially in a, in a situation where the child has not been raised um, with their needs fully met, which let's be honest, is a lot of us, it's very common. If the trauma is really great, then a piece of the spirit or the soul can't tend it and it gets almost fractured off and placed somewhere safe to tend later, to find later and bring back into wholeness. This only works if someone is prepared to turn towards what was broken off and can have the support required to make them feel safe to go through and process it. So I do a lot of that work trying to give people balance and uh, purpose and freedom freedom in their body, healing, which is can be magical and instantaneous if you give yourself permission. So all of those realms, I, I try to bring people towards, to turn towards safely. Awesome. Thank you. And Carla, what kind of services do you offer for, for people to work with you? And I do mostly the energy medicine and I work with the body, of course, that way. And what I really do is I go through the body and eliminate all the blockages or everything, anything that I find that does not belong to that body or should never have been there or is broken. I can reconnect the broken nerves and the messages, clear out everything. 
also epigenetic, which is working with the DNA and the RNA, because sometimes when people have illnesses, it damages the DNA in that part of the body, wherever that might be. And with epigenetics, you can work around that and remove that and bring it back to homeostasis and back to perfect health the way it was before the story, so to speak. So Keyline is pretty well doing the same thing Danae and I are doing, I think, in a different way. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I also work with the microbiome. So many, so many imbalances in your digestion cause weight gain or low energy, as we talked about before, or depression, because this if your digestion isn't working quite right, you can't feel properly right, you can't feel healthy, you can't feel happy, right? It weighs you down. So that I work with the hormones and the neurotransmitters and everything that is involved in that. And yes, when people come to me with quite severe things, the first session is always an extreme change in the way they look, the way they feel, and how they function. And then it gets better from there on. Awesome. Thank you. Denea, what services do you work with people with? Uh, I do basically what Keila and Carla do for the physical body. I help do with the mind, right? So things are stored on many different levels. They're stored physically as well as mentally. And if you don't heal it on every level, there is a chance that it'll come back. And so to release it from the mind, you know, if you think about if you're going for a walk in the woods and there's a really well-worn path or there's a, a path that's not quite so well-worn or maybe not even there at all. But if you walk down that well-worn path, it's going to create circumstances or situations that you've been there before. It's why the path is well-worn and you don't particularly like. I help block that path in the mind and create a new one. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, uh, it's really powerful. The changes can be instant as well. When it comes to trauma and things like that, sometimes it's very multi-faceted and it's layered quite deeply. But every time it comes up, it gets less and less and less until pretty soon it's just something that happened. We can't change our story, but we can take away the emotional charge so that it doesn't affect us in any way. And that's what I get to get to do. Um, works well with what Carla and Keila do, even even at the epigenetic level. I mean, there's so many stories that you can hear of people who have been, I think Joe Dispenza broke his back. I remember watching The Secret and yeah. a gentleman was in a plane crash and he broke every single bone in his body. And he was told over and over that he would never walk and he is, that was it, it was done. And he's like, don't accept that. I don't accept that suggestion. And he gave himself all these other suggestions and he got up and walked out of the hospital. So the power of our mind is, is bigger than we think it is, right? The power of the mind can bring the body back in balance. But when you use the power of the mind and the power of the innate wisdom of the body, at the same time, the results are just phenomenal. So that's what I do in a nutshell. Wow. 
You guys are amazing. Uh, nobody gets through life without challenges and speed bumps along the way. Right. And it, yes. it's, it's so nice to know that you guys are out there to help people uh, deal with that and have a happier and uh, create themselves a better life because that's important. And uh, the peace and, and happiness and joy you give people is so appreciated. Thank you all for being here tonight and sharing these wonderful answers and wisdom. And I look forward to seeing you guys in person, hopefully again soon. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Oh, you Thanks. bet. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Thanks. Have a good night. Nice to meet you all again. You as well, Keila. Nice to meet you, Keila. Yes. Yes, Carla.